On today's show, Damian Lillard gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday now a Portland Trailblazer for now. Should the Mavericks trade for him? Should they have traded for DeAndre Ayton? I think they may have said no to a trade. We've got that and training camp today on Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everyday or subscribe, follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day. And comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section, should the Mavericks have made the DeAndre Ayton trade? Apparently, we learned today, the Mavs may have said no to an Ayton trade. We'll talk about that a little bit later. If you want to support our show, get text alerts from us. Texted a bunch of stuff today on Mavs training camp. I texted uh, updates while we were in media sessions about what we were seeing, what we were hearing, the stuff that stood out to me. So I sent all that to you guys today. Also send rumors when Tim McMahon talked about the Mavs and the DeAndre Ayton thing. I sent that out right away and texted it to people. Go straight to your phone. Subscribe to the subtext. Text the number on the screen or click the link in the description. And joining me, friend of the show, Landon Thomas, reporter for Mavs Fans for Life. What you got for me, Landon? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing just as happy as Damian Lillard leaving Portland. I mean, (laughs) you're just as happy as him, man. You, so you, did you drop a track today? You got today? his wish granted, right? <laughs> did you drop a record Dang today? Dollar. Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we'll get into the Damian Lillard trade. We'll talk about you know kind of what it means, but more so we'll focus on should the Mavericks trade for Drew Holiday because now he's definitely available on the Blazers. I don't think he's going to stay with the Blazers anymore. DeAndre Ayton was traded to the Blazers, but if we re- go back a little bit, uh, Tim McMahon said that the Suns were willing to trade DeAndre Ayton for Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes on draft night. So we'll talk about that. And then Landon and I were both at Mavs training camp today, training camp day one. We heard from Luca. We heard from Jason Kidd. We'll talk about the things that stood out to us, including everybody's raving about these rookies. They're raving about these guys. One of them's going to start. Do we know which one it is already? We'll talk about that. Let's start here. Portland Trailblazers trade Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks of all teams. That surprised me. It happened today. We already did Lockdown NBA, so if you want to go hear about that, Pat and I were on Lockdown NBA. Uh, I know that Lockdown Blazers, Lockdown Bucks, Lockdown Heat, Lockdown Suns already have episodes out right now, so if you're interested in any of those storylines, go check out those shows. I know you've heard from some of those guys on this uh, show before, so go listen to that. But Lillard gets traded. Aiton goes to Portland. Drew Holiday goes to Portland. Now, from the Mavericks' standpoint, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Blazers remain engaged elsewhere on deals and will be expect, expected to immediately engage contending teams on trade talks to move Drew Holiday. Portland's committed to its young group of talented guards. And now, if you're the Mavericks, you're like, all right, should we try to go after Drew Holiday? Landon, if you're the Mavericks right now, if you're Nico Harrison on the phone, are you tall? You're probably taller than Nico Harrison. So, like, you can, you can imagine it. Just a little bit. You can imagine it a little bit. <laughs> if you're Nico Harrison, would you call him up and try to offer something for Drew Holiday? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if, if you can get Drew Holiday, you get Drew Holiday. I mean, that's these are defensive-minded coaches. They want defense. You see how much they're invested in these rookies. 
because they played defense. And you just saw last year how bad that defense was. Uh, Drew Holiday, he fits the mold, right? He He's pretty much a um, one-inch shorter than Josh Green, and you want <laughs> him to do those type of things. And Drew Holiday does those things way better. So I would, wouldn't you? He's 33 years old. He's got one yeah. year left on his deal and then a player option. He's making 36.6 million or 36.8 million this year and then 39.4 million on the player option the year after that. He has already kind of hinted at retirement. He said he was going to retire a Milwaukee Buck. He said this yes, he said this yesterday on the on the Andre Iguodala <laughs> podcast. He said, you know, I yeah. want to retire a buck, but at the I feel like at the end of this deal I'll retire so maybe in two years he might retire so you've got to think about that if you're going to give up any long-term assets at all yeah but fit wise like on the basketball court like you were like you were talking about of course you'd want Drew Holiday of course you'd want that guy he was just an all-star last year we've seen what he can do Pat Beverly said today the Bucks are going to miss him because they are going to miss that that defense on the perimeter the Mavericks could definitely use that Luca Kyrie and Drew Holiday now that's the start of a backcourt. Like that's that's the start of a team that could actually do something. Luca, Kyrie, Drew Holiday, Grant Williams, we're talking. Like that's that's a four yeah. that I think you can really work with, that you could really that things could really happen for the Mavericks. They can get back to where they were. But what do you have to give up for them? Salary wise, I think you have to give up Tim Hardaway and Rashawn Holmes. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's any other players that you can put together. Maybe Maxi you could try to throw in there, but the Blazers aren't gonna be interested in him, I don't think. So you throw those two guys together, and then your question is, all right, do you send Josh Green? His salary makes it work. Do you send Jaden Hardy? His salary is a little lower, so you may have to add something to that too. Let's just say it's one or the other. Let's say the Blazers would take Jaden Hardy or Josh Green. Would you trade one of the two, and which one would it be? Would you rather trade? That's a tough one because I believe in both of them. You know, um, They're very young. Uh, they have potential, and – you kind of have to sit down and see what it takes to get to where you want to be. And if it, if it's one of those two to get you as Drew holiday, um, someone who's done it before he's been an all-star, he's been a champion, you know, you, you kind of have to say, Hey, maybe it is worth it because they are in win now mode. I mean, they just brought Kyrie back. So you you're in win now mode and that's a win now type of move. And you really got to see, what do those stars want? I mean, you got. I'm. Sh- they have to have those conversations with Luca and Kyrie. And if those if those two guys say yes, I would say yes too. Would you give up one of those guys? I think I would give up Jaden Hardy because I have so okay. many questions about what Jaden Hardy could be could become. On the high yeah. end, is he Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero? Because we just saw the Heat try to go through a whole thing where they wanted to trade t- Tyler Hero yeah. for. For Damian Lillard and the Blazers were like, "Yeah, thanks. We're not interested in that at all." We just saw Jordan Poole kind of get dumped for Chris Paul a little bit. Like, I don't yeah. know if that type of player is valued in today's NBA, and we don't know if Jaden Hardy's going to be that good or if he can be better than those guys. If he's better than those guys, maybe he's a Brad Beal. Like, what does that get you mm-hmm. in today's NBA? So, I think with that, especially since, like you said, they do want to win now. But they've they've also now we're gonna talk about the training camp quotes later, but they like they want to start either Derek Lively or Omax and want to start rookies. Like they want to yeah. they have these this they're playing young and then they also now want to they want to win now. They have vets in in Kyrie Irving and some of the others, but ah, man, I don't I don't know if you pull I don't know if you pull the trigger That's on tough. that like right away. Like 
All right, it's it's yeah. Hardy, it's Tim Hardaway, and it's and it's Rashawn Holmes. Do you just go for it? I've seen I've seen people already on Twitter that say no, you can't do that. You can't trade for Drew Holiday because he's on the end of his he's on the back end of his contract. He's only got one year left and a player option. He's talked about retirement already. Don't waste yeah. the the talent going forward. On the other hand, he makes you better though. He does, and that's the thing. I think I'm I'm, I'm with you on on Jaden Hardy because I, I really like how he plays and I feel like there is a role for him like you said with those type of players um but it's not as valuable like you said as well because I don't even know if Jaden Hardy has a role on this year's team I know I mean that's that's up to the air but I know Josh Green does either starting or coming off the bench he has a role um he plays defense he plays he can you know um he can make those energy 50-50 balls just just like Jason Kidd said, and he can, you know, handle the rock um, at at times. But Drew Holiday, I mean, that's somebody, no matter what his age is, I feel like he's the type of player that you want on your team. And he's the type of player you don't have to worry about. He's going to make the right play. He's going to make the right reads. And he's going to lock the opposing best team player. If it's the first round pick that's like the 2027 one they can trade now, would you do it? Okay, now that's a little different. <laughs> that's a little different. Because t- talking you, about you, that, that, you know how those picks are in here in Dallas. Then it takes away your flexibility going forward. Because like I think in, exactly. in in a year or two years they can trade multiple picks, and that's a huge deal for the Mavericks. And Luca's yeah. only twenty four. It's not like it's not like you have to have to win now, win now. I think I don't know if I want to call this a gap year, but maybe it's like a reset year. We're like, all right, we've got Luca, we've no. got Kyrie, we've got to figure out if those two guys are right instead of just going all in now for a Drew Holiday type trade when a, a, a trade like that will be available a year from now, probably when they mm. figured out what Luca and Kyrie could be. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this Drew Holiday thing. Let us know in the comment section. Should they trade for Drew Holiday? What do you think about him uh, coming up? Let's get into the uh, Deandre Ayton of it all. Deandre Ayton goes Ooh. to the Blazers. Apparently the Blazers wanted Deandre Ayton. Apparently the Mavs did not want Deandre Ayton enough to trade for him because they could have, we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about DoorDash. You've used DoorDash. I know, if you're listening to this, I should have used DoorDash today to get food delivered to my door because I was doing all kinds of podcasts and thinking about this Dame trade and all that. But if you need fresh groceries for the week, but you don't have time to go to the store, try grocery delivery with DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that delivers too. You can get thousands of stores to choose from, from Uh, those in your neighborhood so you can make sure that you boost the local economy there. If you want even more value, you can save all on your grocery and restaurant favorites with $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with their Dash Pass membership. So if you want to join that, you get $0 delivery fee on that. You can do all kinds of stuff. You have easy substitutions right in the app on the grocery delivery. Best-in-class customer support. They deliver groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $25 value and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's LOCKEDONNBA, all one word. At checkout, limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that code, LOCKEDONNBA, for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. My first shot, my first make. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On Mavs, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad. Appreciate each and every one of you. Subscribe to our subtext if you want updates on Mavs training camp. Landon and I will be back there on training camp tomorrow, (laughs) talking to uh, Kyrie and talking to Jason Kidd again. 
about more things. And then, of course, Isaac and I will have Media Day covered. We've got the same interview room, the same players lined up. So we will talk to everybody at, at Media Day. So make sure you're subscribing to Subtext on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Landon. This this threw a wrench in it. I wasn't going to talk about DeAndre Ayton today, but Tim McMahon on you know. the hoop on the Hoop Collective today, when they were talking about the Damian Lillard trade, they were talking about DeAndre Ayton getting traded from the Suns. Everybody's down on what the Suns got. I don't think it's a very good deal for the Suns right now. I don't think that they got better today after this trade. But Tim McMahon said, quote, the Suns were willing to trade DeAndre Ayton for Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes on draft night. How many times did we talk about this on this show and talk about should they have done this? Should the Mavs have done it? Why did the Suns say no to this? Apparently, the Mavs may have said no to this. Landon, should the Mavs have done this trade? For DeAndre Ayton, I think they should have. Um, on draft night, uh, it depends where it was on draft night. I mean, was it before the lively pick? Was it after? Uh, but, I mean, how many how many trades are involving THJ and Rashawn Holmes? <laughs> That's a, that's a lot. They're the uh, salaries. Is that the starter they, kit? Is that the starter kit to every trade? They got they got the trade money. Is the problem like they're right in that sweet <laughs> yeah. spot, like eight twelve to eighteen million? Like oh, that's that's yeah. so tradable right there. But I think I think I would because just looking on the past few years, just where this team has been um, with their weaknesses uh, and rebounding is one of their biggest weaknesses, and that's what DeAndre Ayton is really good at. Um, he's a good screen setter. He has good size and Luca plays great with guys who set good screens and have great size and ability to catch lobs. And I think, I think he has more, um, in his bag that we haven't seen in Phoenix. I think there's Aiden would agree a, with you a on, next that, level. on that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's elite level, but I think there's another level that he can, he can get to. Uh, I, I would have done that trade because you, you look at what you're sending out. Rashawn Holmes, we haven't seen what he can or cannot do here in Dallas yet. So, And then THJ, he's really inconsistent. He He's one of the streakiest guys in the league. He can win you games. He can lose you games. So I would have done that trade. I mean, what are you, what are you losing um, with THJ and Rashawn Holmes? I've been racking my brain ever since I learned this, which was, I don't know, what, like 20 minutes? When did I text you that I, I heard this? Like 20 minutes ago that yeah. I, I read this? <laughs> yeah. Ever since that, I've been thinking about, <laughs> do the Michael Scott, like ever since I learned about that, I have not eaten yep. or slept. It's like, it's only been like two hours. Yep. The only thing I can really think of that the Mavs didn't want to do, we've talked about the salary. He makes $32.5 million this year. He's going to make $34 million next year, $35 million a year after that. That's a big contract for a center. Yeah. That is not one of the top five centers in the game, probably, right? Like, I, do you want to pay that much? Is the cap going to keep going up to where that number doesn't look as bad? That That's a question you have to answer. The thing that I kind of go back to, do the Mavs want to bring in another big that mm -hmm. is not happy playing a role? Because DeAndre Ayton wasn't happy playing a role. It wasn't just Monty Williams playing it wrong. It wasn't just him and Monty Williams didn't get along, apparently. There's more stuff between Ayton and the Suns organization and he didn't want to play a role. All of a sudden, he was the fourth banana in that group between Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. Like DeAndre Ayton was getting fed fourth <laughs> in that lineup. Yeah. He's getting fed third here in Dallas, probably, even though the Mavs have a bunch of shooters and scorers like around those guys. So I, I don't know if he'd be happy here, and I don't know if you're just running back the same thing that you just did in Phoenix, even if he fixes all the Mavs' problems and fixes a lot yeah. of the Mavs' things. Like, so that's the only thing that I go back to say why they wouldn't have done this deal because in a vacuum, yeah, you're only getting rid of 
Tim Hardaway, who you have Seth Curry and Jaden Hardy as the replacement already like in tow and Holmes, who we haven't seen, who just wasn't played in the playoffs from Mike Brown on the, on the Kings. Like, yeah, in a vacuum, I would do this deal for sure. Me personally. But if I'm the Mavs, that's the one thing I think about is his attitude and his contract. Those are the things I I think about with this. Yeah. And you think just flexibility, right? Because you, you mentioned that this really is a, a reset year and just trying to get back on track and you want to have as much, just like the Drew Holiday case, you want to have as much flexibility as you can, um, especially when those contracts of THJ and uh, Rashawn Holmes, you know, heads to the finish line. Y- you want to see where you can uh, get the best out of the salary cap. And you've got this apron thing. Like all of a sudden, if you have, you know, you've got the second yeah. apron that they can't just go up against the, the second apron. And so, I don't know. It it just it does limit your flexibility going forward if you have contracts of you know Luca making forty, Look, yeah, Luca making forty million, Kyrie making forty million next year, and then you've got Aiton making thirty. It can be done. It can happen. But is that trio a trio that gets you to a title or gets you to you know deep in the playoffs? I, I don't know. I still I still think I would I still think I would have done it. I think it's just the role yeah. thing, and I think they may have gotten scared off by that idea that's just not that's me speculating that's not any that's not sourced or anything like that but with what they just went through with with JaVale McGee and Christian Wood like if DeAndre Ayton wasn't going to be happy just being a center and just setting screens and rebounding and blocking shots like if he wants to do more if he wants to show more in an offense I don't don't know if he's doing that here let me ask you what what is what do you see with this current roster or just with Luca and Kyrie um within a bubble themselves what do you see as the prototypical third type guy with those two it's got to be a either a defensive like a a defense first center so like it's Mm -hmm. a a good version of Rudy Gobert yeah one that can catch the ball at the and and doesn't hit Jerry West in the face shout out to Theo Pinson (laughs) so it's either that type of player or it's an it's a Drew Holiday type where he can do offensive things but defense is his main call. Like it's got to be an elite defensive player, and I don't even think DeAndre Ayton is that. Like he's big, he can be at the rim, but I don't know that the Mavs were scared of him in, in playoff series, like, you know, against him. And I don't know that many teams were. They, Jokic obviously wasn't, and yeah. so like I don't know if, if Ayton is that guy. But it's got to be a, it's got to be an elite defensive player on, on one side of the ball or the other. I'm thinking I'm thinking a Drew Holiday. I'm thinking a you know what Aaron Gordon became. For the Nuggets at that point, like it's got to be a, a guy like that yeah. that can be versatile and really good defensive player. And so, yeah, apparently the Mavs are able to trade for, for DeAndre Ayton and they decided not to. So that's going to be something we're going to go back and forth on. And I think Mavs fans are going to go back and forth. Again, it's just a rumor. It's from Timmy Mann. He said that they were willing to trade. We don't know if that meant they were willing to trade that, but they were also going to take in Jaden Hardy or take in Josh Green or something like that. No. Uh, we don't know if that was involved in it. So, again, just rumors. On that front, but coming up, let's talk about things that aren't rumors, things that Luca and and Jason Kidd actually said at training camp. We'll talk about that with Landon here coming up. Shut it down! Let's go! All right, Landon, let's get into training camp today. I thought this was going to be our whole show today, but then the you know (laughs) the Lillard trade happens and everything changes. The whole NBA just flipped on its head overnight. Now we've got Giannis and Lillard. We may have to do a show where it's like, who's the best duo in the league? Because we were kind of putting Luka and Kyrie up there with some of the best duos in the league, at least talent-wise. And now Lillard and Giannis is like, 
That's pr- that's probably number one, and I don't know I don't know who's Scary. who's coming up after them. All right, a couple of things that stood out to me at training camp. We'll just go through some of these quotes. We'll talk about what they, what they we think it means, and that Jason Kidd. I asked him about leaders and who does he look to to be a leader on this team. He mentioned Luca, mentioned Kyrie. He talked then about Grant Williams. He said that Tim Hardaway Jr., Curry, and Derek Jones Jr. are like vets as leaders. I think he put them out as those are just older guys on the team, but I still look to Luca, Kyrie, and Grant to be the leaders. And then went out of his way to mention Derek Lively and Omax. He said, quote, the biggest thing we're going to lean on heavily on our two rookies with their energy and their excitement and their ability to play defense. We'll look at D-Live and Omax to be leaders too, even though they're rookies. He said he mentioned them a couple times later on, but what are your thoughts on him going out of his way to mention those two guys and that they're going to play and that they're going to be like, they're going to lean on these guys. Yeah. It, it's pretty much like the song lean on me because Jason Kidd loves these rookies and it's, it's honestly shocking how much he's invested into these rookies this early. Um, you know, both of them, not just, not just lively because he was the higher pick, but both of them, uh, that's pretty much what shocks me from a leadership, um, value to your question is he's naming two rookies as part of, you know, the top leaders on the team that goes to show you the maturity and just how focused these two rookies are. It's, it's kind of wild to me that he's going out of his way to talk them up so much and to bring them up, like go out of his way to mention them. It was, it was that fact that he went out of his way to mention these guys. Now, could he be just boosting their confidence, making sure that they're like ready to go? We think he's going to, we know he's going to try them and start one of the two in Abu Dhabi and like try them in preseason. And then maybe does he pull back after that and decide, okay, well let's see how we can actually win. Or like, I think he may just be boosting these guys and pushing them up and boosting these guys and boosting these guys until, all right, let's see what happens and see what, what happens with them. He did mention again today. And he mentioned it with Stein over the weekend that we talked about that. He wants to see how those guys react. He wants to see how those guys react to playing with Luca and Kyrie. He already mentioned that Luca and Derek lively have a good connection. Luka Doncic mentioned that him and Derek Lively have a good connection. He said, Luka said, both rookies, they're great so far. We've played pickup two times. They were great. The connection between me and Lively is good. He follows really good, which I was surprised. And I think he meant follows by follows his pick, like what he's going to do in the pick and roll. We already saw Mav social media post a uh, a Luka Lively pick and roll that led to a dunk that has everybody just super, super excited. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, I think, they're going to push lively, and I think they're going to try to boost their confidence to try and get these guys to play some big minutes and to rely on them. I think that's that's kind of wild to me because we're not used to this as you know as Mavericks fans. No. You're not used to that with with Rick Carlisle and coaches in the past. Yeah, and I say why not? You know, it, it's just preseason. Um, you know, throw them in the fire, see how they do. Um, you know, I think it's it's a way to test you know, these rookies and see if they're ready or not, because that's the only way you're going to find out, you know, these pickup games and practices, you really don't see how good they can be. But once you get in live games and live situations and just see what Luca and Kyrie thinks about them and, and see what situations they are in. Um, and, and they don't have that much pressure. I mean, yeah. you're playing with Kyrie, Luca and, and Grant, but like, Kyrie and Luca, you don't have that much pressure. You go in there, play solid defense, set good screens, and and just give your um give your all. And it seems like that can get you a lot of minutes on this team. I am 
worried about the screen setting with Lively from what I saw sure. in Summer League. If he gets better at that and works with Tyson Chandler, um, I say, you know, throw him in there. Well, that's the other thing that, that Kid mentioned too and that we, we heard a little bit earlier is that they – Ask the rookies to come in in August. It's By the way, it's September 27th as we're recording this and as training camp day one. So they've been in for maybe like two months, six weeks, however long that these rookies have yeah. been here in Dallas. So they asked them to come early, and they've been working with them. And Jason Kidd said Lively has just impressed them leaps and bounds and has grown so much in the time that he spent after Summer League specifically. And so I wonder if that's something they were – I'm sure that's something they were really working on and to, working yeah. through some of those because – like you said, their their roles are going to be so specific and defined. Derek Lively, defend the rim, work work within our defense, learn our defense, and then set screens, roll to the rim. They're probably not even going to ask him to step out and hit a three. Lively will probably want them to ask him to step out and hit a three, <laughs> but I don't think he's going to do yeah. that because they didn't ask him to do that at all in summer league. Like, didn't even try mm-hmm. at all, really, in that. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Why not? You might as well try these guys. And, hey, if, if one of them works out or if both of them work out, that's so good for the Mavs' depth to go forward yeah. with both of these guys. Yeah, and and like you said, you know, it will be so good for the Mavs in the present and the future, yeah. and it, especially Luca's timeline, because you bring in Grant, who seems like he's 30 years old, but he's the same age as Luca. <laughs> and then you have these two rookies, I mean, who, who are very young. And then if the, if it doesn't work out, that's okay, too. You have the safety blankets. You have Josh Green. You have Dwight Powell. And, and, and you can throw them out there when the season starts. But go see what the rookies can do, and they might surprise you because Summer League, they look good. Uh, and now see how they feed off of Luca and Kyrie. And if it works, like you said, that, that's going to be pretty scary. And they're going to get better over time as well. So Absolutely. And probably don't expect even, too much. And probably even this season, too, they'll, they'll get better over yeah. time. Luca, yeah. a lot of people were concerned about this. Luca was asked about his thigh injury. Jason Kidd was asking about Luca's thigh injury. Luca said that his thigh injury is better than it was at FIBA, but he still has, quote, some appointments on it. I don't know what appointments means, but, hey, he's getting treatment on it still. And then he said he's still able to do everything at camp. He's not held back by anything. He's going to play in these preseason games, Jason Kidd admitted that Luca is probably not 100% when it comes to his thigh injury. So we don't know anything more than that. So I'm not going to speculate or ask anything else. We're just going to see what happens and, you know, trust Casey Smith's staff. Maybe not Casey Smith himself, according to that Tim Cato article, but we'll, we'll, we'll trust his staff now on that. The other thing that stood out to me, and we'll probably end on this. Luca was asked about complaining to the refs. And he was asked yeah. by Eddie Sefko, who kind of just threw it out as like, hey, Luca, you're probably sick of hearing about this. But what about you and the refs? Because last we saw Luca on a basketball court was in FIBA for Slovenia. And he got thrown out of a game again in an- <laughs> to end another international tournament because he was going at it with the refs. And Luca said, I'm trying. Trust me, I'm trying. Sometimes it's just not possible. What was your reaction when Luca said it's just not possible when asked about complaining to the refs specifically? That is possible. <laughs> you go. You take, the Ke- you take the Kevin Garnett approach. Like anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly do because I, I just think I just think over time he will have to. And I'm not saying not get any text. I'm not saying not complain at all. I I, I think over time he has to just choose his moments. I, I think he does complain too much. And I also think he does not get a lot of calls that he should get. Yeah. Um, I think both are true. 
But I think over time, you have to just choose your moments because it's not going to help you with the refs. That's what he has to realize. Him complaining all the time is not going to give him more fouls. <laughs> so he has to either let Jason Kidd do the talking in the first half or let Grant Williams, you know, you got to choose somebody on the team to let, you know, get with the refs or, you know, be that energy spark. But just choose your choose your battles. That's I think that's what he has to control. I wish I could give credit to whoever said this on Twitter today. It's It was a Mavs account. I don't know who it was, so if you do know, let me know. They said that I think Luka's going to have less text this year because of Grant Williams. And I hadn't, thought, yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that, but seeing them today at training camp, seeing the pictures of them together, seeing Luka already joking, with Grant, like joking about Grant yeah. Williams to us, he was asked about Grant Williams. He said, Grant is a great leader. He talks a lot, sometimes too much. He's a great guy. He's going to help us out a lot. I think Grant is going to be... Maybe the human meat shield for Luca at times. He's just going to stand out yeah. there, and Grant's going to go at it. And I think Grant is a really smart guy, like you said. He comes off like he's a lot older, and I think he's going to be the guy to support Luca. To maybe he steps in and goes at the refs, and he'll take the tech instead of Luca having to take it or Luca having yeah. to, to go through it. And I think having that type of leadership on the court is going to be really good for him. And so, yeah, I think that that's going to help. My thing on Luca and, and the refs has been, you know, going through therapy. You learn about this phrase, flooding where you have these moments where you're just overwhelmed by a situation and you're so frustrated or you're so just irked. It doesn't even have to be a big thing. When you ever have like a thing with a spouse or a partner or even a friend or a sibling or something where they do something and it just, like it just like, there's this thing that turns on in you and all of a sudden you like can't think thoughts and you're like, why yeah. am I so frustrated at this? I think the refs really get Luca flooded. Like, I really think that there's some emotional yeah. thing in him. And I think that's why he said sometimes it's just not possible because he goes into this mode where it's got to be like, it's got to be fair. I've got to get this call. There, this is not right. I should be getting this call. And like you said, the, that, that game Slovenia against Canada was one of the worst ref games I've seen. And he's not bad. getting the calls that he should, but yet he's out there still complaining. I'm like, Hey, just, deal with it and maybe he's out there like i can't deal with that i literally can't think about anything else because of this thing right now in front of me and so yeah i mean that's gonna be part of his growth and like maturing as a as a human i guess but yeah sometimes it's not possible is a, a really wild quote to say about this issue it is really wild and, and and like you said i think i think there comes a time where you got to find the balance right you, you you can't you can't knock him down um you can't knock him down for that behavior, but you can also not build around him and just comfort him in those moments as well. And I think you said like Grant Williams is like someone that can, I mean, what they're at Texas motor speedway together. I, I mean, I <laughs> Grant Williams wears the Luca twos and uh, Luca ones. And you know, they're both with Jordan and, and he even said on, I think it was one of those podcasts that he would start, you know, a franchise with Luca. He he's yeah. already protected he's his him. guy. Yeah, he's already. He hasn't even played one game yet. So I, I think, I think it, it, there's a balance. You you, you got to just find your your spots. And I'm okay with complaining with the refs, but you know, do it in the fourth quarter, or do it in the second half. But you can't do it the whole game. That's that's where I'm at. With and it. just specifically, don't do it when your team is on defense. <laughs> like you've got yes, you've got to pick the spots five on four. Yeah, got to pick the spots where it's not going to hurt your team. LeBron complains every call, like every call. Yeah. It's it's like he that's that's Luca's guy that Luca looks up to, and like he complains every call, but he finds his spots, and it doesn't hurt his team when he does it because it's not during play. And so I think that's the thing that Luca has to get better at. 
We'll talk about this probably the whole season and, and do all that. But Landon Thomas, you can follow him on Twitter and probably more at 6'5Lando. He is 6'5". Yep. I've stood next to him. He is he is two inches taller than me. Uh, Mavs fans for life. You can go check out all their stuff as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.